On this straightforward episode, we search for the power to believe in ourselves. As warriors, we must have the confidence and the tenacity to step up and succeed in life. Our special guest today is veteran entrepreneur Nick Baer. He is the CEO of BPN Nutrition and a social media influencer. This guy is big time on YouTube. Nick is under 30 and has a tenacity and the drive to believe in himself. His company continues to grow and his brand continues to evolve. I want you to join us in this dynamic conversation where we go from fitness and health to mindset and back around to entrepreneurship. Stand by. Rise up, warrior, my brothers. Welcome back to the Man of War. My name is Rafa Kandi, and of course, I am your host, a man on a mission here to transform you into a modern day warrior. Let's get it right here. The Conclave of Warriors, downtown Miami, December 1 and 2. You must be there. This is a must-attend event. We're talking about the most powerful event of the year here. Listen, go to conclaveofwarriors.com. Grab your tickets before they are sold out. We're getting closer every single day. So listen, if you have not done so already, please leave us a review on iTunes. It is so important for us to continue trending higher in the iTunes charts, okay? Right now, we bring you two podcasts every single week and we give you a tremendous amount of different topics and subjects all about the warrior lifestyle. No doubt about it, how to succeed in life, how to lead yourself before you lead others. We're talking about the mindset, integrity. We're talking about courage and bravery. We're talking about overcoming overcoming challenges of your life, right? This is what this podcast is all about. My friends, it's all about my brothers. It's all about guiding you in the warrior's way. It's about walking a life truly that embodies that warrior spirit. Now, check this out. All you need to do is go to iTunes, leave us a review, and subscribe. That's all I'm asking you to do. And in return, we're going to bring you some amazing content like we have over the last 105 episodes. All right, check this out. Man of War with two R's. Go to Instagram. Give me a follow. Very important. Why? Because we're going to continue growing our Instagram base because I love it there. I mean, I go live. There's some great, great... Um, interaction that goes on with DMs on the stories. I love that, man. I think it's badass. I think that I can connect with you guys a little bit better on that platform. We do have a Facebook. I will be going live more often on that Facebook also. Uh, but really, my social media platform of choice is Instagram. So give me a follow at Man of War. Also, remember, get your ass out there and vote. Right, Your voice must be heard, no doubt. Make sure that you go to your polling place and cast that vote. Please don't forget. Very, very important. All right, without further ado, we're going to jump right into this podcast. You're going to love it. There's a very powerful message behind it. All right, go ahead and whip out that pen and paper if you can. Take some notes, especially for you younger guys that might be starting a business, trying to figure out where to go in your life and how to step it up. Nick's a warrior in my book. Some very good stuff here, no doubt about it. All right, guys, let's kick it up a notch here. Nick Bear, welcome to the Man of War, brother. Great to have you on. No, thanks for having me. 
I, uh, I appreciate it and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Hey, listen, so uh, we were talking before the podcast here, and you know, you own a company, a, a nutrition company. It's a supplement-based company. Am I right on that? Correct. Yeah. So we're in, uh, we're located in Austin, Texas. That's where our, our headquarters, our warehouse is at. Um, e-commerce-based dietary supplement sports nutrition company uh, that I've owned for about six years now. Awesome. And how's that going? It's good. I mean, our growth has been um, like last year, for example, our our growth was seven hundred and fifty percent in a twelve month period. Damn. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're really breaking the market right now um, with a, a very innovative approach. You know, I, I started it when I was in college with no no insight, no background in business. I really didn't know what I was doing, um, and it was you know looking back now, it was super naive of me to think I could I could make it in an industry like that, um, and then to look at where we're at now. Um, the journey has been quite a journey itself. Awesome, man. And you know, what I love about you is basically what I've, I've looked on Instagram and some of your social media, man, you're very inspirational, very direct. I mean, you're a young guy, you're under 30. And, uh, you know, the fact that you're out there and you are doing this type of, of networking and this type of, I guess is um, for lack of a better word, it's taking that leap of faith. You know, that's amazing for a young guy like yourself and, and decided to, to become an entrepreneur and believe and have that passion uh, regarding something in the industry that is so freaking absolutely. I mean, this industry right now is, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's basically everybody and their grandmother wants to put out a uh, supplement line. But the fact that you're doing so well really stands out, man. Yeah, I think I mean me and my brother talk about this a lot because my brother works with me. Uh, he does all of our our logistics operations at our warehouse. We talk about it all the time, um, and we kind of look at other social media influencers and then you know the, the business they start and you see them. They start these businesses, they launch, they fail. They could have a million, two million followers, um, and I think in an age in, in a day where so many people are active on social media and everyone's trying to monetize it. You have to do something different, um, and sometimes different is just sticking to those core values of running and scaling a business. And a lot of people just don't don't want to put in the time and the effort to, like us, it took us four years to actually be a profitable business. Yeah, and sometimes people just don't want to take that time. They want now you know they want to do it now and you know that's the biggest knock on millennials you know basically they want everything instant but the fact that uh you're out there persevering with your tenacity man that's fucking that's great that's good shit all right so let's talk a little bit about you know how you came up and then all of a sudden why you decided to go the route of fitness okay yeah so growing up i mean i talked to my my family back home i'm from pennsylvania originally family friends i always got into all these different hobbies so like growing up i got into and i was at the time i was maybe 14 15 years old when this started i got really into construction so like 14 years old for christmas i was asking for like power tools for christmas and i was building stuff like in my free time and i got really into cooking um and i would i would like cook food all the time i was just and i got really into baseball and sports and like i would spend all my time so i would find these hobbies and i would just dedicate all my time and resources to that one thing, like at that time, nothing else mattered. And then I found fitness and it was the same type of thing. So my friends would like make jokes where you know, at first I was like full-time construction at 14 years old and then at 15 years old I was full-time 
like cooking food and then I was full-time sports and then I found like working out fitness health and I was full-time that but that kind of stuck since I was like 17 years old so I got into fitness just by working out going to gym stuff like that and at the time my uh my cousin he joined the army he was in the military and he was going on deployments back and forth Iraq Afghanistan um at a very kinetic time um you know during the war and I I saw the way the community respected him and he influenced me and, and the way I saw him be respected. So I, like, I want to do that. Like, I want to join the military. I want that kind of respect. I want to have those values that, you know, he was like a role model for me at the time. So it was a junior. I was a junior in high school. I applied for a national ROTC scholarship um, and I won that. I was awarded that. So I went to college in Western Pennsylvania, and I was on a four-year full-paid Army ROTC scholarship. Uh, I was studying nutrition, and that's that's where fitness really started to like take over my life because I saw the benefits of incorporating fitness into the military training stuff like that. I got into bodybuilding. I competed in bodybuilding. I got into powerlifting. I competed in powerlifting, and I just found this love and this passion for nutrition, training, and then I fell in love with the whole supplementation aspect of it because looking back at like 2011, 2012, uh, it's nothing close to what the supplement industry is right now. There was like a few companies that were big, Gaspari, BSN. Um, we were all going on bodybuilding.com and ordering our supplements. I just, I was a supplement junkie. I get any period the top of my fridge in college was protein powders, pre-workouts, amino acids, creatines. It was just stacked. Sure. And um, so as a typical broke college student, um, I ran out of money to buy supplements. I mean, I remember at one point, I think I was a sophomore in college, I had like $30 left in my bank account and I spent that $30 on pre-workout. So like that week I had, to, I had like nothing to eat, but I knew I had pre-workouts. So I'd go to the gym. So me and my buddies got together and I was like, you know, what I'm going to do, I'm going to school for nutrition. I have some experience in this. I was, I was studying and reading uh, peer reviewed literature on ingredient profiles and dietary supplements. And I was really interested in this industry. Um, and at the time also, it's when a lot of people were logging supplements online, like bodybuilding.com forums. So people were talking about, you know, they were logging a supplement for four, six, eight, 12 weeks. Right. And I was I was following this stuff too. So what I did is I bought all these ingredients in bulk online that I knew I wanted to use in my pre-workout supplements. I knew that were effective, were studied, uh, and were shown to be like, effective in, in performance. So I bought beta alanine, creatine, caffeine, citrulline malate, all this stuff in bulk. And I was mixing up supplements for my buddies in the dorms. And I, I literally like – they'd come to my dorm. I'd hand him this baggie. It was a pre-workout and a baggie. It wasn't flavored. It tasted awful. It was the worst tasting thing ever, but it hit so hard. <laughs> so what I found I was doing because I had a I had a scale. It probably looked like I was a drug dealer in college because like you walk in, I have this scale in, on my desk. I'd have all these powders all over the place, and I was dealing pre-workout in the in the dorms. Um, so I can I remember we couldn't measure caffeine. Because our our scale was only in grams, so like we could measure beta alanine, creatine, citrulline malate right, all in right. grams, but caffeine, you know, is like milligram dosages. So 
we were eyeballing caffeine. At the time, we were probably taking a gram of caffeine pre-workout, and it was just putting us on our ass. Like, it was kicking our ass. Um, And I started doing that for a while, and I was just handing – I wasn't selling. I was kind of giving it out for free. And it was my junior year of college. I was in ROTC. I had to go to Fort Lewis, Washington for an assessment. Uh, It was called LDAC at the time, Leadership Development Assessment Course. I was there for 30 days. And it kind of just assesses you against the other cadets in the nation to put give you a number, an overall number, so you can get the job, the MOS you want in the military afterwards. So I went to this course, 30 days. Um, I got like one of the top scores. So I came out, came back from that camp back home with this huge level of confidence, like natural born leader. You know, like I thought I was, like, I thought I was at the top. So I had all this confidence. Came back that next day, took a 20. 20- loan out with USAA, which is the military, the bank associated with the military helps right, out a lot right. of veterans. Took on a $20,000 loan out, reached out to a supplement manufacturer, placed my first production order for pre-workout and amino acids. And that's where it kind of all started. I went into it blind, did, I knew what ingredient profiles I wanted. I knew nothing about business. So I remember coming back uh, from that camp, I took this loan out, placed my production order, and I told my dad what I was going to do. And I told him, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. And I will always remember, he said, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. Um, so, I mean, that pissed me off, obviously, because I was like, oh, you're doubting me? I'm not going to make a million dollars this year? Well, I, I quickly learned that it, then it was going to take me five years after that to make a million dollars. Um, so, we launched, the, we launched the business. So, it was a 12-week production time. Um, and within those 12 weeks after I placed a production order, I did a, photo, a diet down, I did a photo shoot. We built our website. We took our own product photos. We designed our own labels. Uh, when I say we, it's, it's me and my friends. Like I was, I was paying my friends in supplements. So, right, I was so, like, hey, so basically you, you were working your ass off. I was working my ass off. Yeah. So I had ROTC. I was going to college full-time classes. Um, I was building this company. And at the time, I was also dieting for a bodybuilding show, so it was it was madness. It was complete madness, um, and it was all done out of my college apartment. So my college apartment is sitting above a bar in Western Pennsylvania, this shitty little five bedroom apartment that was maybe like tops thousand square feet. It was tiny. Our rooms were so small, um, and it was. I mean, looking back. Looking back at where it started from now, obviously it's it's funny and it was it was fun, it was a blast, but I had no clue what I was getting myself into at the time. I just had a lot of drive. Um and I knew I knew I wanted to start a business. And I I went into it knowing that I was gonna do whatever it took to make it work, but I didn't realize it would take years. I really wasn't expecting it to take years. So, Nick, let me ask you something. The reason you did that, was it to make money or was it because you loved it, because you felt like you could help others? And it, you, I mean, talk to me about that. Yeah, so I never, in the beginning, I never looked at it as making money. Um, and still to this day, when like when we do a big sale or when I look at our numbers, I never look at our numbers and be like, oh, I can take this amount of money from the business. Seeing the business scale and grow, like being able to reinvest, that's what, gets me jacked up and motivated. But in the beginning, it was at a time when proprietary blends were really bad in the supplement industry. 
So everyone was hiding the ingredient profiles behind these blends and they weren't telling you how much of what ingredient was in this blend. Right. So right. that was my, at the time that was my competitive advantage. I was like, Oh, I'm going to create the supplement, no proprietary blend dose effectively and appropriately. And I thought that was going to sell on its own. So I wanted to create a valuable product that would help people from all the, the bullshit that was in the industry at the time. Um, and at the time, there was this word known as pixie dusting. So supplement companies were pixie dusting these blends, sure. taking these really good ingredients, putting small dosages behind the blends. But in the beginning, it wasn't about, and it was never about the money. Um, it, was, it was building a company. And I, I think that's why I put my name in it too, is because of almost the legacy factor of it, like having a brand behind your name. Sure. Um, and I, I just wanted something that I call my own, I could work on, I could build with, you know, cause at the time I was always searching these, these hobbies, these things, these passions that would occupy my time that wasn't wasted time. Like, like for me example, I never got into video games. Even when I was younger, we bought an Xbox. I played one game of Halo. I was like, yeah, this is cool, but I can't get, I just can't dedicate my time to this cause there's no return for me. Uh, even from when I was younger, it was the same way, like construction. I would go out and I would collect wood from dumpsters. I would build things because to me there was a return on it. I could make something out of it. So occupying my time with something that had a return has always just been part of my my character. Good, good, good stuff, man. So for our younger listeners, you know, the bottom line is that age is not a factor when it comes to going out there working hard. And when I say working hard here, I'm not talking so much about going out there and just, you know, grinding and spinning your wheels, okay? You know, what Nick's talking about here, which I believe in very, very strongly, is what you do in life, right? If it's not giving you a return worthwhile, and the reality is that, you know, then you got to kind of reshift and do some type of mind shift because you're just going to sit there spinning your wheels, you know, hitting your head against the wall over and over again. But, you know, what I like about you, man, is that you're out there, you knew what, where you were going, where your passion lied, and you were, you know, you worked your ass off, and here you are, a successful young, uh, successful young uh, businessman. So I want to get into, let's talk about nutrition, let's talk a little bit about supplements. So I'm older than you. I go I go back to the days where, you know, you had Bill Phillips and the EAS brand and the whole eat five, six meals a day and, you know, work out this way and take these supplements. And, and then even before that, you know, where, where supplements were coming out like the, you know, Joe Weider and, and things like that. Um, talk to me about how supplements have changed from then to now and how important you know, supplements are if you're going to include it into a good diet and working out. Yeah. So I think nutrition and diet has changed just as drastically as the supplement industry has changed. Hey, my brothers, just a quick break in the action here. Miami, December 1 and 2 is going to be off the chain. We're talking about the Conclave of Warriors an event that's going to be not only life-changing, but it's going to be the most powerful event that you have ever attended. Go check it out at conclaveofwarriors.com and grab your tickets before they sell out. Because looking back when I first got into it, like 10 years ago, like you said, diet for like building muscle and, and getting in shape was recommended five to six small meals a day, spaced down every three hours. I mean, I remember when I first started, 
I had a, I literally would look at my clock and I wouldn't eat until that clock hit like 12. And then it meant, all right, that was three hours ago, eat your next meal. And that meal, like chicken, rice, broccoli, stuff like that. Well, we've kind of adapted and changed. We've become more innovative. And I don't know if you've heard of the term thrown out there, if it fits your macros and flexible dieting. But now a lot of people, and I do this too occasionally, is I track my macronutrients. I track my proteins, fats, and carbs. And there's a bunch of free apps out there. Like I use MyFitnessPal. And essentially you want to eat as much like clean, healthy, natural foods as possible. Chicken, potatoes, rice, stuff like that. Fruits, vegetables to fill up majority of your diet. But you can eat, you know, these snacks, these quote unquote unhealthy foods as long as you fit them into your macronutrient goals. Um, and you can still hit you. I mean, if you're dieting down, you're bulking, you're trying to maintain, as long as you're eating a consistent amount of calories on a daily basis, your weight will remain constant. Um, right. So, I mean, you see now keto diets popular, intermittent fasting is popular. And there's all these different diets being thrown out there. And I'm still a firm believer that the basics work. So I... So let, let's let's go into the basics, okay? Let, let's go into what you believe. All right, let's talk about... Uh, you know, the reality is that most people aren't going to sit there and count every little calorie. You know, they're not going to compete in a bodybuilding um, competition, you know, they're probably not going to be, they're not going to have washboard abs. You know, they're not going to be fit like you, man. You know, th th that's the reality. But there is a certain area where a good percentage of people can fit where, you know, they're fit, they're lean, um, you know, they have a nice muscle tone to them and they're living their lives where for the most part, you know, they can eat somewhat de decent, but not necessarily have to starve themselves. You know, let, let's talk a little bit about that. What would you recommend and, you know, how you see someone living a life like that? Yes, yeah, so that's kind of the way I, I have transitioned my whole diet because, like, I started with the five, six small meals. I went to very strict macro tracking, which took over my life, essentially, and it became, like, too much. And the way I diet now is kind of – it's part of my lifestyle. So when I say diet, just my nutrition – and I think if, if you focus on food quality and sources over the numbers, you'll reach your goal. So, for example, say you wake up for breakfast and you want to eat a bowl of like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Well, a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch isn't going to really fill you up. And it might have been like 60, 70 grams of carbs, mostly sugar, but it doesn't leave you satisfied and full. Well, you can eat a bowl of like oatmeal or um, – something that's that's just as large in volume but lower in calories that'll fill you up but not be as calorically dense. For example, yesterday I went to In N Out with my brother. We got In N Out in Texas. I had a burger and fries. It didn't fill me up at all, but it was probably 2,500 calories. So it's just making these smart food choices sure that are higher in volume, so they're going to fill you up but not as as high in calories. So like if I'm trying to lose weight, something I'll do is I'll, I'll incorporate more salads into my diet. And when people think salad, they think diet, they think, oh, just like lettuce and, and shit like that. No, like my salads are like I use lettuce as the base, but I'll throw in meat. I'll throw in cheese. I'll throw in like toppings and things that are really flavorful and make it like this really good, tasty salad. But by the time I'm done eating it, I'm stuffed. 
and the amount of calories isn't that high for the volume. So yep. if you look at the, the volume of the food, how fast and how much is it going to fill you up as opposed to the amount of calories in it. And you now back to like what my bro, I mean, it's sometimes it's hard to put into perspective for people to understand, but to give you an example, when I first got into the fitness industry and I started doing all this stuff, I remember this time when I was in the grocery store with my mom, we were, I was in, I might've been in middle school or high school and she was asking me for fitness nutrition advice. And I told her, if you eat clean foods, it doesn't matter as much as you eat. You can eat all the clean food you want. You'll right, never right. gain. Weight. I was like, you'll never gain weight. And looking back, I still like cringe at the fact that I said that at some point, because you could eat 40 oranges and a hundred, you know, ounces of chicken breast a day. And you'll gain a shitload of weight because it's, it's too many calories. So it's trying to find that that ballpark and what works for you with the amount of food and the, and the calories based off of volume. Um, and it comes with you know experimentation. You got you to trust the process, but also verify that it's working for you. Do you think that um, eating, for example, the, the new keto, you know, not new, but you know, a lot of these caveman keto diets were and intermittent, you know, intermittent fasting. Do you think that that should take place in part of your dieting plan? I mean, there are so many different, I guess, for lack of a better word, diets out there or nutrition plans um, that it's confusing. It's confusing for most people. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I keep in mind is like people, there will be a study done on something. And if that study shows any significant like possibility of it working, like keto, for example, if you do strict keto, yeah, you'll, you'll lose weight possibly, but people take in this industry, the smallest amount of significant difference, and then they monetize it to a shitload. So keto right now is this huge industry in the supplements, in the food space, in coaching, everyone's trying to monetize on it right now and do it. And at the end of the day, some of these things are not sustainable for the masses. Like keto for me, I would never try or attempt keto myself because I don't see it as a sustainable diet. You gotta stay in ketosis. So like, you know, going out with friends and, and community and social events throws you on ketosis. Um, so I think people have to take everything with a grain of salt, realize that even though it might be proven to work, at what significant difference does it work? Um, so that's something I always keep in mind is, you know, some of these diets might fit, fit your lifestyle, but don't force it. If it doesn't fit your lifestyle, if it's not gonna fit your life, it's gonna be more of a burden. Um, don't do it. So, so like some of these diets, for example, they have, you know, they want you to eat meat, like a lot of meat, a lot of high fats is okay, as long as it's, you know, good fat. Um, and you know, they're, they're, they don't really care about calories as long as your carbs are lower and you're eating these, you know, meats and whatever, they believe that for the most part, you're going to maintain and you're going to you're going to decrease body fat, you know? And I say, okay, fine. I mean, there is a certain amount of, but I, I'm a big believer that your body needs some type of carbs to freaking to continue especially when you're out there you know being in law enforcement i know that i get fucking depleted with carbs i come in early in the morning by noon or so if i don't have any carbs i am dragging ass 
Yeah, and I know with keto, and I sometimes like I have a hard time talking about keto because I've never personally tried it myself. So if I really did try it and I experimented with it and I saw it either works or didn't work, then I would give it. You know, I'd be able to talk more about it. Um, but you know, a lot of people are seeing results with keto. I've personally never experimented or tried it. I know there's definitely a a period that you have to overcome to go into ketosis. Um, your body gets used to using fats as a energy source rather right, than right. carbs. Um, so I know that there's like a period there. Um, personally, the way I'm doing my diet right now, which is a little different that I've incorporated in my lifestyle, is and I've been sharing this on my YouTube channel, Instagram, stuff like that, is my first two to three meals are just high fat, high protein. So what I found in the past is carbs make me a little lethargic, a little tired. If I don't incorporate carbs into my morning routine – I feel high energy. I feel like I've been drinking caffeine, like a, a energy drink all day. And then after my workout, I incorporate carbs back into my day. So I still probably eat and consume 300 to 350 grams of carbs a day, but I do a carb backloading approach. Um, so morning is high fat, high protein. When I say high fat, like my breakfast, I just ate uh, six whole eggs before this podcast, six whole eggs and cheese. So it was you know, close to 40 grams of protein and 35, 36 grams of fat. Um, and I feel great. Like I, I have no, I'm not hungry. I'm not craving carbs. I feel high on energy. My second meal after this will probably be a protein shake and some peanut butter. Um, so high fat, high protein. And then after my workout, I'll start putting carbs back into my diet. And I've been loving this approach. Like my, my energy levels in the morning are high. I don't get hungry. Um, I can focus on on the task more efficiently. Now, I've been loving that. That's been my go-to right now. What's your take on avocados? Oh, I, I eat an avocado every day. Um, they're, they're, they're super food, super dense, and, and vitamins, minerals, very healthy fats. Um, they have some fiber in there. I consume an avocado, and usually I have it with my breakfast, with my eggs. I wish I didn't have any today, but I usually consume an avocado a day. Yeah, me too. I'm a yeah. big believer in avocados. So let's talk, um, Nick, about, th think of it this way. In, in the world that we live in now, unfortunately, we see a lot of younger, you know, the younger generation kind of, you know, we were talking about that earlier. They want that instant, you know, gratification. Um, and, you know, they're not willing to put the time in. However, with that said, you know, coming from an old school mentality, um, it's, you know, trying to diet and trying to really put the time in and to get in physical shape. You know, the mentality was go to the gym, you know, two times, three times a week, and then kind of eat what you want during the week. How can you, if you were to coach somebody, okay, and, and you were to give a couple of tips to someone, say, hey, regardless whether you're a young guy or whether you're an older guy or whatever it might be, you know, you got to have that mindset, right? That warrior mindset to overcome that uncomfortableness that comes with, at times, you know, eating right. And at other times it comes, you know, you got to get your ass to the gym. What are two, give me two little things that you would be able to tell someone to kind of spoof them up in the right direction. I mean, for me, I, uh, I find like, I find pleasure in discipline. So I know, you know, a lot of times people ask all the time, how do, how do you 
stay motivated. What do you do for motivation? How can you motivate me? Everyone wants and people go on YouTube and search motivational this and that. Everyone wants to be motivated, but that motivation is short lived in a lot of people. So even myself, like I'll watch a motivational video, it'll motivate me. An hour later, I get caught up in something else. I forgot to even watch that. I think you need to focus on discipline rather than motivation. And for me, when I'm disciplined, like when I'm dieting, when I have a goal, so I'll say two things. One, have a goal. And I'm a huge advocate of setting goals short-term and long-term. So you have these long-term goals and you set these short-term goals leading up to these long-term goals. So it's just this cycle. These short-term are like building blocks that long-term. You hit that long-term and you build a new goal. You always have a new goal you're setting. Within setting that goal is discipline. So to reach that that outcome, that, that accomplishment, you have to stay disciplined. Motivation will not drive you through the entire way. There's going to be, there's times and nights. And I, I mean, I think I can relate this a lot to when I built my business. I was in South Korea. I was stationed in South Korea for nine months. And that's where I really turned BPN around. But it's motivational die off in everyone. Uh, you're going to get tired. You're going to get hungry. You're going to get sleepy. It's that discipline that drives you through to reach that goal. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big believer in discipline and discipline, I believe, will take you to that next level as long as you can stay the course and you could overcome the uncomfortable barriers that discipline brings, knowing in the end that what you're doing is going to better yourself. I'm all in, man. I'm big time into uh, discipline. So tell me, as far as supplements go, how important do you feel that they are give me three supplements like if today i said listen i only have you know whatever 100 bucks to spend okay well, give me three supplements right now that you would say they're a must to take i would say for one and my disclaimer to this is nutrition and training are priority supplements they're just to supplement your diet um and i'll kind of talk about my my mindset my approach to formulating supplements so number one, whey protein for me, just because it helps you hit your protein goals. Um, it's easy to get calories in, protein in, and having a good sourced whey protein powder is just a great part of your diet. Um, protein powder is, it's like a food, it's a nutritional product. It's not even considered a dietary supplement. Um, creatine is probably the most studied form of performance dietary supplements. Five grams of creatine every day, will help with power output, performance, strength, um, short bursts of energy like a sprint or a bench press, a deadlift, stuff like that, um, power output. And then third, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say pre-workout for me. And here's, here's the reason. So with dietary supplements, um, they help with performance, they help increase your performance, but it's also an experience. So the way we formulate pre-workout and pump supplements um, is an experience for that workout. So you take your powder, the caffeine starts kicking in, the nootropics start kicking in, you feel it in your mind, your heart starts racing a little bit. It's an experience to go into the gym and destroy that workout. Um, so that's why I put pre-workout in there because I love the experience it creates for a workout, for a session to just like destroy your body during that hour, two hours you're going to train. All right, let me talk to you a little bit about pre-workouts. And this is uh, myself and, and, and I know quite a few people, we're, we're very sensitive to caffeine, 
All right. Like, for example, for me taking uh, pre-workouts, uh, the ones that I have taken in the past, you know, fuck me all up. You know, they, they, it, it's, you know, I, I'm very sensitive to caffeine and they keep me up the entire day. For those that can't take these type of supplements, do you recommend something else or are there supplements that aren't really the, the, that have the jitters, for example, you know, because some of these I've taken that have tremendous amount of jitters and man, I'm fucking, you know, literally I'm walking around bouncing off walls the entire day. Yeah. I mean, so the thing with, with stimulants in the supplement industry right now is that people will load up pre-workouts with, with stimulants. And we have, we have two pre-workouts. One is stimulant heavy. One is more traditionally formulated. Um, and if you're sensitive to stimulants and caffeine and stuff like that, and it doesn't create that great, good experience for your training session, I would focus on nootropics. So nootropics are ingredient supplements that increase that that focus, that mental acuity without stimulating your central nervous system. So you won't get the jitters, you won't get like the the increased heart rate. However, you'll get that mind muscle connection, that focus. Nootropics are a big aspect in not only the, the fitness industry right now, but in the health health and fitness industry as a whole um, because there's all these great nootropic ingredient and supplements out there that help not only with acute performance, whether that's in the gym or doing work at your computer and studying, um, but also they have great long-term effects like decreasing your risk for um, like Alzheimer's and um, increasing your mental health and that there's great studies shown behind a lot of these nootropic ingredients. That's good stuff, man. Good stuff. It's called nootropics. Yep, N O O tropics. Um, oh, there's a lot of out. stuff out there. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. And even like as an entrepreneur, um, it's one product we've been looking at in the future is like creating a supplement for entrepreneurs. It's not this, you know, this stem-based product, but it has these nootropics that just increases your your ability to work and perform and increase your your acute acute like mental performance but also is great for long-term health that's awesome man what is your take on you know like uh dhea and hormone producers and things like that yeah we don't mess around with any like pro hormones uh or or steroid type supplement kind of things um you know we we try to and especially coming from a military background um we we have a huge military following, so a lot of our supplements are formulated with with those people in mind. So obviously, we're, I'm not going to make something that's going to make you piss hot on a drug test or, or get you in trouble. Um, so we we don't get involved in in the pro hormone industry or any aspect of that kind of stuff. Um, I know a lot of supplement manufacturers won't even touch it or produce it, just because now they are banned. They are illegal now. But you know, there's like a there's like a black market and everything. And that stuff still gets sold, it still gets made, it still gets produced and and distributed, unfortunately. Um, but there's a lot of shitty stuff out there. There's a lot of shitty manufacturers and a lot of bad supplement companies. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. And that's the thing, you know, for, for the person that does not uh, know about supplements and does not really know what type of, you know, quality they're getting. I mean, that's, 
you know, that's definitely a pain in the ass to go out there. All right, let's, so, so let's switch hats here. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your entrepreneur mindset. Now, branding your products, branding your company, I mean, that had to take time also because, I mean, as we see it right now, uh, branding is the most important element of any business out there. How did you jump in and do this? So at first I did it, I did it incorrectly. I, I had a buddy just design a, a logo and a label for me. Um, it was very amateur, not super professional. And I, that's, that's when I learned that I was, I was building my business reactively rather than proactively. So as soon as I, I took that $20,000 loan out, I placed my production order. Everything after that was reactive. I was reacting to what I had to do next. And I wasn't planning and preparing proactively into the future. So it was, it was about three years into owning the company. And we weren't doing, I mean, we were maybe doing 25, 50,000 in revenue a year because I was active duty at the time. Uh, I, was, I was trying to be a platoon leader and trying to run a supplement company on the side. And um, we did a rebranding. So I took a step back. I was like, all right, we're going to do new logos, new labels, um, change the formulas up a little bit, build a whole new site. So I invested a lot of money into graphic design, relaunching our website, using a new platform. And that rebranding is what saved the company. And that's where we really saw a spike in sales and growth and brand awareness. So I can't speak high enough about, you know, when you, need a, you need a vision for where your brand's going to go. And that logo, that label is going to carry that brand through that vision. So if you're just trying to break into a market with no awareness, no following, no anything, the first thing people are going to see is your website, your logo, your label, your brand, your branding. So I think I'm a huge advocate of professional branding and even a rebranding, if necessary, is crucial to building a business. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, I mean, branding nowadays is super important for a company. If you don't have the right type of branding, forget it. Now, let's talk about content. I mean, content, you're out there, you're putting putting out some good stuff. You know, when did you really start putting out good value, uh, value-based content? So when I first started my my company, I wasn't doing anything on social media. I mean, I didn't even have a personal Instagram. And... I, uh, so I graduated college, went to Fort Benning. I was in Fort Benning for a year and I was in and out of schools. I was infantry officer basic course. I was at ranger school. I was at airborne school. I just didn't have much time to, to build a business. And then I left Fort Benning and I came to Fort Hood, Texas. And when I got to Texas, I started a YouTube channel. And at first the YouTube channel was just for me to document my process of working out, what I was eating, how I was training. Um, Cause I used to always follow these fitness YouTubers and part of me always wanted to be like that or do something like that. But I never thought I would get subscribers. I just started putting videos out and looking back, I don't, I don't know what drove me to do it. Um, I started a YouTube channel three times and I, I deleted it three times. I was like, no, this isn't for me. So I decided I was going to invest in some equipment I spent like $600, I got a good camera, a good mic, a good tripod, and I told myself, if I spend this money, I have to continue the channel. I have to at least give it a chance because I'm not going to waste $600 of course. And, yep. and just throw it, throw it away. 
So I was like, all right, if I invest in this equipment, I'm forcing myself to commit to it. So I started filming um, my training stuff, my nutrition, very amateur. And I was just, I was holding a camera up, talking in my apartment, uh, showing what I was eating, going out, taking the camera to the gym, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I started picking up a little bit of traction. Um, and I think that's one of the hardest parts for people content wise is, you know, putting yourself out there right, right, uh, right. and on online and it's tough. It's difficult. Um, so that's where, you know, it, it really started was I was in Texas. I started a YouTube channel and I started building content and, you know, we, we follow these big brands like you follow Nike, you follow Adidas and all these brands have been built over years in time. Um, but like we talked about millennials now, a lot of millennials and people today, they want to follow a brand that has personality. They want to follow a brand that has someone behind it, documenting the process, showing behind the scenes, um, because they want to connect to a brand. And when they connect to a brand, they become part of the vision, the mission, they, they see where it's going. So I had this, I was, I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, but I was building this brand. I had this personality behind this brand. I was growing a following through YouTube and social media that was not only documenting my life and fitness and nutrition, but it was also showing behind the scenes of building a supplement company. I didn't do any of this intentionally. It just worked out this way. And looking back, at, I, I'm surprised it fell into place the way I was doing it. So I, uh, I got orders to go to South Korea for a nine-month rotation with, with, my, uh, with my unit. And when I got those orders, I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to be able to film any anymore. I'm not going to be able to do any YouTube stuff. VPN, YouTube, social media, it's going to take a, take a seat for nine months. So I got to Korea. I took all my camera stuff with just in case. And I decided to start, I kept filming stuff. Um, you know, I was definitely like, I talked to my command and, and my chain of command, make sure I was able to film some stuff, just like PT sessions. And um, me and my platoon sergeant would talk about things back and forth about like being a platoon leader and the infantry and stuff like that. Right, right. And the channel started picking up a lot of attraction because at the time I was the only person in the military that was vlogging and documenting the process. Um, so I filmed the videos. It was called A Day in the Life of an Infantry Platoon Leader. Filmed this video, not thinking anything of it, put it up, and I went to the field for 30 days. So I was gone for 30 days. I came back. That video had over a million views. It had it gained my I gained fifty thousand subscribers on YouTube from that video, um, and that kind of kickstarted my content generation, my my business, um, and everything was starting after that. It kind of kickstarted everything. I put my, myself out there. I generated all this content. At that point, I probably had hundred fifty videos on YouTube, but that was the only one that took off. And I started growing this community online, this following. That was very niche in a in a very saturated industry. Now let me let me ask you something. Did you? I mean, uh, how did you film? I mean, was it just off your iPhone, or you had purchased different gear? Or yeah, so at first I started with my iPhone, and then I bought just like a typical small Canon camera, um, a Canon camera that had like a flip screen, so I could see what I was filming, and I threw a mic on there, and the setup probably cost me five hundred dollars in total, um, and that's what I started filming with. And, you know, I'd, I'd film clips. So to kind of paint a picture, I think, I think you'll really respect and appreciate this. So when I was in South Korea, uh, my routine would be, I would wake up at 4 a.m. and I would do all my stuff 
because of the time difference in the U.S. I talk to manufacturers. I do customer service relationship kind of stuff. Email. At 6 p.m., I would go to PT with my platoons. We do PT from uh, like 6 to 7.30. At 7.30, I'd grab my camera. I'd go to the gym. I would record a workout from 7.30 to 8.30. Then I would go to work uh, on a typical day in garrison, be at work from like 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. 5 p.m., I'd come home. I'd keep filming stuff, uh, showing like what I was eating, recipes, talking about building a business, building a brand. I would edit that until, you know, maybe 10 p.m. And then from 10 p.m. till 2 a.m., I would watch other YouTubers. I'd learn how to film. I would listen to podcasts, read books, learn about business and marketing. I was just trying to absorb as much content as possible. That's awesome. And yeah, so my like I was destroying myself and. Everyone that placed – when I was in South Korea, everyone that placed an order, I would write them a handwritten thank you note. I would send it from Korea to the States or wherever they ordered it from to every single order. And I was just trying to do all these small things. And when I first got there, my goal was I'm not going to want to watch a, a single TV show or a single movie until my business makes $10,000 a month. And at the time, we were making maybe $2,000 a month. And you know, like my goal, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make $10,000 a month with my business. That's my goal. Within the first three months, we hit that goal. So I was making $10,000 a month in revenue with BPN. And the whole nine months I was there, it was just, you know, work, film, work out, edit, listen, just try to grow as much as possible. And that nine months has been the most productive time of my life because you know, there weren't any distractions. I didn't have friends or family. Right. I was there. I was isolated. All I had to do was do my job in the military and, and do it well. But with my free time, I didn't go out. I didn't hang out with anyone else. I I just worked. So you used uh, discipline for sure across the board in your life, especially in your younger years when you're out there building the company, man. You were straight up just, you know, grinding and, and you were you were being successful. You were doing you were moving forward. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, there there was never like, there was never, I'm going to do this until at this point, if it doesn't work, it was just, I'm going to keep doing this until it works, until it happens. That's awesome. And um, yeah, and I remember, I remember the day we, we did our first six figures. We made our first $100,000 within a, a 12 month period. And uh, I remember just sitting there being like, you know, I, I'm working a full-time job. I'm doing this business on the side where I was able to make a hundred thousand dollars revenue um and i was just like that was the moment where i remember calling my dad and i was like hey like this just happened and you know from the beginning when he told me hey if it was that easy everyone would do it this is three years later he said you know what you made it happen good job boom there and, you go uh, yep and I'll, I'll never remember that that first conversation and that second conversation because it was kind of like you see like he taught me a lesson and it was yeah, he was right. If it was that easy, everyone would do it. And it took time to get to just that point. Damn. So take me back to a time in your life where things were just crushing down on you and you were in that dark place and somehow, some way you were able to overcome. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there are a lot of, uh, the past couple of years, a lot of those, those points. Um, for me personally, like personal growth wise, Ranger school was a big, a big piece of that for me. It taught me a lot. 
Um, so 61 day course and I was there for 120 days. So I failed the first phase. I failed Darby. Um, and I failed at a time when it was during the best ranger challenge. So I was a six week holdover. So for six weeks, I was just at ranger school, but not in ranger school doing details, uh, work on the course, just a shit, like a shit show, just like a shitty time in my life. And then I passed after the second time, went, went to the mountain phase, failed mountain phase. And at this point, I'm like, I've been in this school for like 60 days or something like that. And I've only gotten to the second phase. I was like, fuck. I'm just like, I'm just like mentally. I remember calling, like calling back home, telling them I failed the second phase. And I had this lump in my throat. And I was like, what the fuck do I do? Like I've been here for, for two months. I'm not even like in the second phase yet. Uh, and that was a point where it was, it was like, that was hard for me. That was really hard because, you know, you're isolated from everything else. You have one one goal is to get your ranger tab. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress. Um, after passing and graduating that school, that was a huge, a huge contribution to knowing what I could do after that. Like the discipline required to accomplish a goal, and doing whatever it takes to reach that goal and, and get whatever that is. So for me, that was a huge growing point for me personally, but also in business as well. So I can always relate and direct back to those moments because as shitty as something is right now, it was never shitty as it was then. And I'm also a huge firm believer in when things really suck and they're really uncomfortable and you're like, I don't know what to do next. Those are the points that you almost have to pull yourself away from the perspective and the situation and realize, okay, at some point I'm going to look back at this and it's going to be a growing pain. Like I'm going to have learned so much from the situation. So right now we're in a, we're in a huge scaling growth period with BPN, which causes stressors and you know, a lot of internal and external stress because we're, we're growing so fast. So it's trying to keep up with the demand and manage cash flow and production orders and manufacturing but I'll, I know, like, I pulled myself from the perspective and the situation last week, and I was like, this will be a huge growing point for not me only personally, but in my business entrepreneur mindset, that I'll be able to help myself and other people down the road. So sometimes you just got to embrace that suck, embrace that that moment of shittiness, and realize you are going to grow so much more from it. And it's easier said than done, obviously, but what I've learned is when it does really suck and it feels like your world's crashing down on you – if you're able to pull yourself from the situation and say, hey, in a year from now, I'm going to look back at this and say, I made the right decision. I worked through it. I grew from that. That's great, man. Good stuff right there, brother. Good stuff. Hey, listen, what is your definition of a modern day warrior? So modern day warrior, um, I think I talk about this with my brother a lot, not necessarily being a modern day warrior, but like a modern day role model success. And, you know, we're in a time where everything is documented on, online and everything is showboated and everyone's comparing themselves to other people. Modern day warrior, I think you need to focus on, on yourself, the people you influence, you're directly responsible for. So making decisions that aren't necessarily comparing yourself to others or influenced by what the status quo is doing but having a goal and knowing that you need to do whatever it takes to accomplish that goal, discipline, motivation, 
influence leading others and being a true leader in the industry. I think being a warrior is being a leader. And sometimes people associate leadership with with the wrong thing. Like being a, a true leader is making decisions that might suck at sometimes, but they're they're morally, ethically correct. It might not be the best for everyone in, affected at the time, but in the long run, it's it's going to be the best decision. So I think, you know, a modern day warrior is is this person that's a true, actual leader in society, um, that has direct influence to help people make better decisions for themselves or the people around them, and modern day warrior i think is someone that's willing to embrace a lot of a lot of shitty situations a lot of suck a lot of pain hell yeah hell yeah um, for for the for the long term so i think everyone everyone likes to take the easy easy route the the path of least resistance but it's a person that identifies that that path of resistance and takes it head on and drives through it and is at the other end waving at the people that are taking the 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 lesser path, you know? So that's some good that's stuff. Why man. I think a modern day warrior is just this ultimate person who's willing to take sacrifice and, and beat through the pain. Awesome. Nick, man. Great words right there, brother. Listen, you're a warrior in my book, man. I would love to have you on again. You have some very, very good stuff. I love your energy, man. You're right on point, uh, your tenacity, your grit, and I wish you tremendous success on your, on your company and keep on doing what you're doing because you're motivating and more importantly, you are a great example. No, I appreciate it. It means a lot. Um, that's, that's kind of one of my goals is to, to be a role model and, and be a true role model of, of leadership in a society that's that's kind of saturated and people trying to achieve a level such. Awesome. Where can our listeners uh, find you on social media so they can give you a follow? Yeah, so on Instagram, it's Nick Bear, B-A-R-E, fitness. Our company is BPN, Bear Performance Nutrition, SUPS. And then on YouTube, if you just search Nick Bear, uh, you'll come across one of my 300 plus videos. Yes, we got plenty of content out there, uh, especially YouTube with fitness, nutrition, uh, military, and business entrepreneurship mindset. Awesome, brother. All right, my friend. Hey, listen, anything you need out here in Florida, man, our doors are open for you, all right? Have a great day. And of course, thank it. you for your time, man. Awesome. Thank you. There you have it. What a great conversation with Nick. This guy knows his stuff, no doubt about it. All right. You hope you took some notes on this because the fact of the matter is he's under 30 years old. He's establishing a multi-million dollar company. All right. And he is driving hard. Definitely a focused young man, a warrior in my book. All right, my brothers, real quick. Man of War with two R's on Instagram. Give me a follow. If you want some t-shirts, some hats, all that cool stuff, hoodies, go to manofwarswag.com and pick it up. And of course, do not forget the most powerful event of the year, downtown Miami, December 1 and 2 at the Conclave of Warriors. Go to conclaveofwarriors.com and grab your tickets today. Until next time, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.